W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Okay, all right, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one, though. Oh, God, okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one. Ready? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. 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 Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I'm Mike's friend who wrote this song, you know. You should follow me on Twitter. It's 11 underscores. Keeping it. I'm not editing that out. I didn't say don't keep it. I'm keeping every, it. Every breath I take is precious. Uh, <laughs> welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We say the acronym up front because if you want to subscribe to our podcast, write it down. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch, a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Oh, Carl. Hey, back again, back again, ready to watch a pretty good film, I guess. A pretty good film, I guess. As you can tell from the full explanation of our acronym, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T, we watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and usually we select a film that maybe you would need some company to watch this movie with. Maybe it helps to watch this movie in a group, so we want you to watch a movie on YouTube and listen to this broadcast at the same time. And I do say broadcast, Carl. Yeah, because it's only going are we over. Podcast, mm-hmm. We are on mutinyradio.fm. Oh. You can hear us first Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or 5 o'clock. What do you do on 5 o'clock on Sunday? Like, you finally get back to church, right? Right. You're finally back from church, and it's time to... Just chill out and read the Bible, and you can cheat by watching a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Well, that's the great thing. I actually have a hollowed-out Bible where I keep my phone and my earbuds, and uh, I listen to mutinyradio.fm, <laughs> and uh, 
I also keep a flask in there, and I put it in my uh, coat pocket. And then when people shoot me, uh, it protects it. I could not only listen <laughs> to the show, but it, yeah, it's the movie. So, uh, yeah, it's all perfect. Union Radio has some great stuff. There is the comedy. Uh, there was the uh, comedy Union Radio Sixth Annual Comedy Festival, and uh, that is all archived and it's all available on muniradio.fm. So why don't you support muniradio.fm? Go over to Venmo and throw in some money at Mutiny Radio. Uh, Carl, uh, you could go to the, to the station and just hit donate, and I think mm-hmm. there's a PayPal or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or just give us a call. Yeah. We'll... Do it. Yes. Yeah. Money. I'll, I'll, you know what? Give us a call, 415-550-055. One one, and uh, actually, I don't remember if that's the number or not. Uh, it's a little messy here at the studio. So let's continue with the show. So we watch. Uh, we are. We broadcast. We stream every Sunday here on Uni Radio. We are also a podcast with our acronym, and we have a YouTube channel by our acronym. We have a Facebook channel by our full name, uh, and we like to watch movies. Yeah, usually these are movies that I read about. Uh, and but you just don't have YouTube. You just can't say, type it in to see if it's there. And uh, this movie I saw on a plane, Carl. I'll say mm-hmm. flat up, the '80s. I saw it on a plane, and I I remember half the movie. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see this movie again because according to the trailer, I missed a lot of this yeah, movie. Yeah, a lot. Uh, of so, uh, all, right. all right. So sounds good. So Carl, what is the movie this week? I should say. Okay, we are going to watch Limit Up, Limit Up 1989. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine, Limit Up 1989. And the channel we like is the director of this film, Richard Martini. Oh, very uh, gracious. From the director himself, Richard Martini. Martini Zone? He worked on Salt. (laughs) I'll tell you all about him. All right. Well, yeah, I, we have an hour and a half to enjoy a movie I watched on an airplane. I think there was smoking a lot on the plane. Maybe? Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the great thing about smoking on a plane is that it only stays the smoke on the first uh, 15 minutes. Uh, the first 15 feet, uh, I should say. Also, the first 15 minutes, it mysteriously disappears, especially during international flights. But oh, I miss it. So we'll have We'll talk about airplane movies later. Yeah. You know what my brother Adam Spiegelman always says uh, of the podcast Proudly Resents. Proudly Resents. Uh, he would always say that movie was so bad, I saw it on an airplane and I walked halfway through. <laughs> I hope he had a shoot. Clearly he did. Oh, clearly he did. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, here's the idea. We want you to type in Limit Up 1989. Uh, you may find it. Uh, the full title is actually limited up. Richard Martini director's cut and is yeah. on Mr. Martini's own YouTube channel. That's Richard Martini Martini Zone. And yes, Martini Zone is one word. God bless. And this, uh, he posted this ten, oh, almost 10 years ago. 10 years ago. How's that for Matt? And uh, we're very excited to watch this. So we want you to click the link, get to it. It may be an ad. Don't worry about it. But the ad play. Then once you get to the meat of it, hit pause and move the, the timer to zero, zero, zero and wait. And speaking of waiting, don't worry about it. Carl has so, he's the pulse. How about this, Carl? The pulse of comedy today. 
And oh, no. uh, so he knows all the celebrity comedians. And uh, we'd like to do a countdown before our actual movie. And what better way to do it but with a celebrity comedian? I countdown. So, Carl, uh, uh, I'm very excited. I, I don't know who is going to do the countdown, so I'm excited to listen to this as well. Carl, yeah. take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Chris Park. Welcome, Chris. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, thank you, everybody. So you are a Jersey comedian. Do you think that's fair to say, to call you a Jersey guy? Oh, yeah, totally. 100% born and raised and stuck in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's worse places to be stuck. Uh, not. Oh many. yeah, imagine being imagine being a comedian stuck in like South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's your audience? Right. So <laughs> now, aside from being a comedian, one of the things that impresses me out about you is you branched out into larger endeavors. Uh, you do a lot of video work, right, on your own as a videographer, and also working for Blazos Comedy and Arts Network. Uh, how'd you get started with Blazo? With Blazo, I met Bo um, Bo Blaze, the 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 infamous Bo Blaze. Yeah, I met him several years ago. I uh, was looking for a, I was I was just looking for a job on Craigslist, you know, looking under job ads, under um, uh, communicate like you know uh, media production stuff like that. Right, and uh, he had put an ad out looking just for help with a show that he was working on a while ago, and. Um, I replied and ever since you know it just been by his side you know working on new pro going, hopping from new project to new project trying to find something that uh that works you know now i've seen this content sometimes it's like recording an open mic with a fancy backdrop like at uh, in lyndhurst um yes. other times uh it's sketches i was involved in one a santa one yeah, um, right. Yep. We're going yeah. back to the pandemic there. Yeah, Confessions of a Mall Santa. That's what right. I think. Yeah. <laughs> also, what I see, like, a lot of interviews with porn stars. Like, tell me about Bad. this content. And, I mean, the, the porn star one, I guess, is to hook an audience. Let me know about this content. Who comes up with it? How you guys go about it? How do you arrive on these themes? Okay. Um, well, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a long story, but basically we had access to, um, for several years, we still do, um, Exotica in Edison, New Jersey, which is a porn convention that uh -huh. goes down there every year. And um, for many different reasons, Bo always had a booth down there. So we got the idea several years ago to start this idea, Comedians Talk to Porn Stars, where we just figured the two could go, you know, pretty much hand in hand. You know, so um, and uh, we would go around um, just asking comedy questions. And then, um, you know, that was basically the content we would get for that from the conventions. And then when COVID happened, oh, and shout out to uh, Clint Esposito, because he was in the, the first two years we were doing it at uh, the convention. Clint was the one who was going around asking all the questions and he did a great job. Yeah. Um, what you call it? Uh, and then when the pandemic happened, we were basically able to reach out to uh, several different uh, managers and uh, PR people for who represent different porn stars, and we were able to show our clout, like with the interviews that we did at Edison, in Edison, and uh, we were able to come up. We were able to 
get um, we, we did a lot of Zoom interviews uh, during the pandemic uh, with, you know, the, as famous support stars as we can, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it was a fun process. It's a fun process, you know, uh, just come up with a script. We have like set questions we always ask, but, you know, we also try to do as much background research on the people as we can't find out weird things that some of these girls have been involved with outside of porn, uh, which is fun. A lot of them do, you know, you know, there was one girl, Jillian Jansen, who was in a bunch of B-horror movies, and I've seen clips. Yeah. She's great. And uh, stuff like that, you know, we come up with gags and stuff to, uh, you know, just make the interview fun, lighthearted, you know, and uh, yeah, it's a great time. Well, it's good content because, you know, one, it's funny, and two, it's like titillating, you know? It's like a porn <laughs> star, and she's talking dirty. It's good. It's a good... So, Blaze but most of, of the most of the titillate most of the titillation though uh comes from me and me alone. Nobody else. Uh, <laughs> it's all me. I'm the one carrying the titillation in the uh-huh. show. Well, as Never a viewer, I, I'm with you. I mean uh, <laughs> okay, so Blazo Comedy and Arts Network. How can people find that on the internet? Uh you just have to go to uh blazocomedy.com. Uh uh-huh. uh hold on one second, actually. Wait, wait. Blazo.com. Uh, just Blazo.com. Okay, gotcha. I keep I confuse that all the time, but it's Blazo.com. <laughs> okay, so now you would probably love our podcast because I know you're a super, super movie buff. And that's all we do is watch full-length movies that are pretty bad movies on YouTube. Um so I'm, I'm glad you're on because it's going to give you a chance to really check it out. And the other thing is there's a Star Trek connection every single episode. I always find some way an actor was in the original series or a, mm-hmm. a producer produced Next Generation. And I know you're a big Star Trek fan, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've uh, been a Star Trek fan ever since. My father uh, grew up watching the original series and then... Um, you know, Star Trek was always on on some television in my house growing up. Like it was just, it was always an episode of Star yeah. Trek playing. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I just you know, uh, oh, big fan. My favorite series was uh, is Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. uh, which which I don't know if that's a <laughs> that's a it's like it seems like the black sheep of the uh, of the Star Trek franchise, but that's definitely my favorite. But uh, I think so, yeah. Voyager's the black sheep. I think uh, people were into Next Generation, and then when Deep Space Nine came along, they were on board. But then they were the Star Trek people are like, "Well, we, we got to come up. We got to give them something new. We got to spin this." And they did Voyager, and everyone said, "Hey, okay, maybe it's enough now." Yeah. What you well, you know what it was? I think Voyager's biggest problem was, and I don't mean to get too into the weeds here, but uh, Voyager's biggest problem was. Uh, it was like the flagship show for uh, UPN Nine, which was owned by Paramount. Uh-huh. So, and it was like a new channel when that came out. And uh, I just don't think it just had the same kind of clout as uh, Next Gen and Deep Space Nine did. Because as far as I remember, they were they they ran on uh, CBS, I think, right? I forget which one it was. One of the um, major one of the major networks, you know. So that right. was easy for them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's certainly m- more prestigious. Um, 
Now, you and I uh, bump into each other doing comedy all the time. We saw each other last night at Rhino. Uh, we, yep. um, you know, and these, you'd had a good set there. Now, how can people find you, Chris Park, out there in social media, on the internet, Instagrams and Snap tweets and all that? How can people get in touch with you? Uh, just, it's really simple. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, my handle's the same, which I know is shocking for a lot of us. Uh, to hear that because a lot of people seem to have different names all yeah, over the goddamn place. But uh, that it's uh, at Chris Park Comedy. That's uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then you can go to the Blazo Comedy Network on YouTube to uh, see, you know, the porn interviews and all the different sketches and stuff we work on. Last thing before we do this countdown, um, I think it's neat that there's a park in Manhattan named Christopher Park. Have you ever <laughs> been there? It's downtown. Yes. Yes, yes. And I've had se I've, I've been there um, and I've had several friends who wound up there, took a picture next to the sign, tagged me in the sign. It just happens. It's happened quite a few times in my life. But yes, yes, I've been there. <laughs> okay. Now, everybody at home is poised to watch this film at the same time as we do. We're all going to press play. Everyone at home, us in the studio here, we're going to press play at the same exact time. So, all right, Chris Park, why don't you go for it? Count us down. Give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Sounds good. All right, here we go, everybody. Three, two, one, go. You know what I like about this? It's because the director's like, yeah, I'm literally giving you a DVD dub right now. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like DVD. Maybe it's just his name and it's not really the director. Here's no, the I think it is. Because I was curious for that, you know, it was like, why would the director post his own movie? And if he, does he have more movies on his channel? You know what I mean? And, uh, it just seemed like it was just him doing some vlogging, some personal video, uh, uh, some, some video essays, I guess. Nancy oh. Allen. That's right. I don't Nancy believe Allen the hype. Star. Yes, I like Nancy Allen. I remember that. Dean Stockwell, I remember. And I remember Brad Hall. Yeah. And that's, the movie is called Limit Up. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Oh, we have a special on canned martinis. It's only three Campbell cigarette bucks. This is Brad Hall. Now, so this is like, uh, let me guess, Boston. No, this is Chicago. Right. Right. Has those two pointy things. These advanced. Yeah, I know. That's uh, Chicago. Sears. That it's the. Um... Uh, commodities trading desk is in Chicago. There's the loop. Music by John Tesh. John Tesh. Yes, I did. Oh, you know, da 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 da. So I always remember. Now I was uh, NBA, there uh, while the bridge was going up, and they made us wait. Uh -huh. They were filming Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh yes, how that you you were part of history. <laughs> what was Rocky like? Hey, did you see me Bullwinkle? Did you get Bullwinkle's autograph? No, they were doing a special effects thing where they were flinging a car, you know, across the open span of the bridge. Oh, wow. A little exciting. What sport is bad enough, like? So this is about 100 years from 88. I love the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, prime 80s. 
Yeah, I don't know where else this movie played. This well, this movie was released, but okay, I've got the info here. They they cut it. Okay, it came out in Chicago only one day, November third, uh, eighty nine, and then it went had a video premiere May of nineteen ninety. So it didn't. Uh, the release was really quite limited. This guy directed five films, but let's see here. Uh, in the UK video versions, they they cut like strong language so they can get a PG rating. The theatrical release was uncut, and I suspect this director's cut is that theatrical release. Oh, because they curse on YouTube. You can put up as much cursing and nudity as you want on YouTube. Yeah. And we're all for it. You know. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, we have a petition. If you want it at the end of the show, we can give you information if on our paper newsletter. Use that kind of language. Yeah. They take it, and you're like, curses! Curses! Nancy Allen. Okay, look how clever she is, Nancy Allen. She puts a ticket. Yep, so she won't get a ticket. You already got me. Oh. Now, you, you're a native of Chicago, and, uh, am yeah. I right? Born and bred? Yes. So you, you I that. was born. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, can you just park right outside the commodities building and put it like a parking ticket on your windshield and be able to get in? Yeah, if it's a movie, you can pull right the hell up, <laughs> especially like an airport, uh, and that's the way it was in Chicago. Oh, look, Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Ray Charles. You know, there is a, a, a trope. There's, yeah, just, you know, an insect. He's doing 80s, right? 80s, 80s, 80s. Now, see, it says <laughs> Feed the Hungry. That's like a foreshadowing of our plot. Oh, right. Oh, really? Not a second is wasted. A chucker has knocked no. over a, a runner. Oh, look. That's Ron Howard's father. Really? Wow, yeah, it's full of it. Hey, no ladies on the mosh pit. But she <laughs> fell down. Hey, who brought their chick to the mosh pit? <laughs> That's when you step out of the mosh pit. <laughs> That's when you're like, yeah. So now we bumped into and met our love interest. Oh, all right. Well, Brad Hall. Yeah. Who we've seen in another movie, we Troll did. 1. Yes, Which one? Troll 1. Troll. We Troll. saw that together? I don't think Yeah, so. we saw it. It was a San Francisco movie, and they, uh, Brad Hall and Julia Louise Dreyfus moves into a San Francisco apartment that is possessed by a troll. And there's like a fantasy uh, wonderland, like uh inside their apartment, like a, a forest, and there's like a naked Julia Roberts, <laughs> Louise Dreyfus. Did I say Roberts? Julia Roberts? Yeah. There's a naked Julia Roberts in my mind. Okay. Doctor. So, so listen, Doctor. I was going to bring yeah. up 1986 Troll, but I don't think I was your co-host that day. Not sure. Oh, well. All right. Well, we'll have to watch it again then. All right. Now, are you kidding? Don't show. troll me. Don't troll me. Oh, I won't troll. And, you know, it's troll one. It's called troll. 
It right. came out as Troll, but everyone knows the sequel, which is uh, has a documentary called The World's Worst Movie, uh, The Worst Movie Ever. Yeah, Troll Two, which was on HBO Max, but I think it's uh, it's on YouTube, I believe now. It just recently got on YouTube. Troll Two is the worst movie ever made, and there's even a documentary called The Worst Movie Ever, and they talk about how it got produced and what happened with it. That's cool. Yeah, I think I'll have but to. Had nothing see to do with Troll. It has no Brad Fall in it. That's what I'm trying to get around. Brad Fall makes any movie better. You know, what? him and Julia Louis-Dreyfus were married uh, when they were in SNL together, and they were married during this movie, and they were married during Troll, and they were married when she was doing when he was producing sitcoms and she was working, uh, uh, you know, starring in them or what have you. They worked together, man. They, you know, it's a, it's a movie couple. Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, I don't know. I never saw Brooklyn Bridge. Okay, so let me just read it. Hall was producer, writer, and director. That's a lot. On the Golden Globe sitcom, Brooklyn Bridge. So he didn't win the Golden Globe, but the, the show did. He re- Oh, he did a, a nomination. He received a Primetime Emmy Award nomination. So, Yeah, he was doing behind-the-scenes power player. Okay, power so couple. now... Nancy Allen, should we call her by her film name, Casey Falls? Casey is well, going know, to the I was, What? I always remember Henry, Henry Allen. Uh, I got to ask you, don't please the hype her. Like, so Nancy Allen, I got to ask you. Uh, Public Enemy? I, I don't know that song. I love Public Enemy. Yeah, well, there's a lyric where they, they call out a, uh, I think it was right for Village Voice at the time, but it was like a, uh, a journalist uh, and uh, Mary Allen, I think it's been a while the song. Uh, I follow this blog, uh, but you know, he has the same last name as Nancy Allen. So when I hear Nancy oh. Allen, I think Nancy Allen, you know, that ask her. <laughs> All right, what else it? It's the anatomy yeah. of the joke. Now, he, he, she's like, I'm really good and I need more responsibility and I don't just want to be a runner for the rest of my life. And Dean Stockwell was like, You don't got what it takes, kid. You ain't got the shock in you. You're just a runner. All the runners want to be traitors. So he says, okay, I'll tell you what. You go pick up my cards for tomorrow, like the, the his instructions. And he goes, maybe we'll talk about other responsibilities. And then Miss Sexy walks up, who's also a runner, and he walks off with him. So Casey's like, you know, she gets a little... She can do a, a choice. Wow, look at her. Yeah, she's also She just spilled a bull. She stabbed a bull like 10, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, Casey's so bare, but here comes the bull. You know, I do remember being on the flight and going, check out that Dean Stockwell suit. Look at that, even in silhouette. Look, she got another parking work. ticket. She got a parking ticket. Oh, what a... Oh, make day. a face. Carl. I'm going to make a, oh, that back, ah, what a day. Really? That's what, that's what you now say. Really? Who can turn oh. the world on with her smile? Oh, what a day. What a day. Hey, it's Chicago. Yeah. Is it WKRP? Is it not Chicago? And it's eerie. Well, I mean, it was Lake Erie. Oh, it's not, is it? Wait, which lake is Chicago? Lake Erie, right? Lake Erie? Tough thing, Lake Erie. You don't hear. Stop saying banana. If you didn't say Lake Erie, <laughs> and I didn't say Lake Erie, 
Who said banana? Okay, look, we are now leading Nike. We're now doing Nike? Wait, what's going on? She's zip-zapping the car? She made How do you phrase it? She did the whammy. Yeah, the whammy jam. Whammy jam. <laughs> oh, look, she's a convertible. So she's pulled over. She's got car trouble. Well, because before or after the car got uh, zapped? Uh, this is Nike, and she zapped the car to make her have car trouble. Oh, her name is Nike. That's cool. Like the goddess. I thought you were doing pointing out a product placement that was rampant in this movie. <laughs> like, is this movie sponsored by Apple computers or? Uh... Oh, look at the obvious ad for flaming trash can. <laughs> Obviously placed right in front of the camera, so we'll see it over licking the flames. Oh, I wish I had one of those trash cans. Like uh, my father used to have one. You just take your garbage, just throw it in there. Poof! It is incinerated. Well, it's great because you can sit around it, and you don't even have to say a word. Sometimes I'm going to rub my hands around it. Yeah, <laughs> you just find like an alleyway. The best thing is to find a garbage can, make sure it's metal, and that uh, you could have a fire in there for hours. Nonchalantly right. in the background. Now you got to be careful because sometimes. It can be a gas drum, which is fine if it's like four months old, empty. But if it was filled last night, I mean, you got to be careful. You don't want to blow up. <laughs> the residual gas. Oh, yeah. I'm serious, the fume. It makes a big... Okay, so we're not really understanding yet what Nike's doing, except introducing herself as I'm some weird thing that's going to be in your life. She's not up getting it yet. She's like, am I going to get mugged? I'm innocent. Well, it's you, girl, you, know, and you should know it. With each passing movement, you show it. Do you remember Mary Child? Is that the theme song? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Is she, that was in Chicago, right? Part of my ignorance. I don't what? remember where it was. Look, Lost Souls Incorporated. Lost Souls. So I can I call out the elephant in the room that I find this movie really kind of racist, or at least it plays it checks off a lot of you know lists uh, of tropes. Uh, like there's a black man playing the saxophone in the street. There's a magical uh, black woman who has magic powers who's going to help out the the white woman in need. Uh, it's just uh, th these are things that we notice nowadays. How about that, Carl? <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. She got like a tip from Nike that like about a about a commodity. Look, cop, there she is on the floor. You do work here. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, she's she coming back. Listen, I have to tell yeah. you that on uh, okay, Nike's real name is Danita Vance, and she could have been huge, but unfortunately she passed away. But she was at, on That's Saturday right. Night Live at that weird time when Robert Downey Jr. was there. Um, she was really good. She had a sitcom. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, I think it was on the CW or maybe UPN. Well, yeah. not, it's, 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 it's germane to what you were just talking about, right? He repeatedly was frustrated with Saturday Night Live for giving her, like, stereotypes of, you know, like, she's a young black woman. So they were giving her all these, you called it tropes. 
that was a big complaint she had about her time there. <clears throat> yeah, like, ooh, magic dust. You see, yes. I look, you can see Brad Hall in the background, too. They're really using, like, hey, Brad, stop hanging around. Come back there. Then you're on the floor. Yeah, if you're in this film, you're going to be in this film. How many days do you think the production took until they realized they didn't hire Clint? Uh, the Clint Howard didn't show up in his sense of dad. <laughs> Damn it, I thought we, we said it says Clint Howard on the call sheet. Yeah, he's not here, this, huh? So, this wait, me, I guess. how come you're not saying Ron Howard? Who's Clint Howard? He's it, an actor. It is, don't they have a the brother, oh, right? Yeah, the guy from right. our Star Trek connection? He looks so much more like his father, right? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look like Ron. I guess he does look like Ron. How funny is that? It's, just, it's funny because we've seen both of them for like decades. Or at least there's decades worth of film. He's the grandfather then of Bryce Bryce Howard. Bryce Howard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on the floor. So, is this the same story as like Trading Places? Didn't Trading Places was on the commodity floor? Oh, Oakland. That's the only similarity. They fixed it. So they're they're selling like soybeans and. Uh, yeah, futures on yeah. Uh, commodities. Yeah, I mean it's also like precious metals and stuff. But you got it. It's it's you yeah. know. Okay, so a big point of this movie is they trade soybeans. That's what we're looking at, soybeans. And the reason is it there's more like energy in one grain of soybean. I mean, it could feed the world. Uh, soybeans. It's a really um, yeah. Now look, she put the whammy jammy, and I changed. She's now yeah. convinced uh, Casey that something real is going on here. She kind of does know what she's talking about. Um, the time? 15 minutes into the movie. Oh, I miss those computers, Carl. Uh-oh, something lame jamming the computer. Yeah, that's right. This is... Now loading. This is Nike putting the whammy jammy on her computer. Yeah, of course it's Nike. Just said it. Whoa, you see that? They little cascaded down. So, and turned into different texts. She's going to give Casey another tip, and she's going to insist that she go tell her boss. Oh, hang on. She still got good. Love acting. I love when the actresses like uh, acting against the computer screen. Or guys, you know what? It's just like easy on the eyes. Like you get to see your idols, just like, you know, clicking, clacking away. I should have rephrased that. Oh, well. <laughs> this is a lot. I think it's great. Like, when they have a computer movie where they're, like, tap on the computer. Yeah. Like you get to zone out. Right? I mean, that's it. <laughs> Boom. Reason why you went. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to keep digging a hole. So, so far, I just think fly it's through there. the computer, right? And you say, okay, so she convinced him, go tell your boss about this tip. Yeah. So now we're going to have oh, an embarrassment. Yeah, that's the other runner yeah. we saw. I remember this scene. You know what's funny? I remember him having a beer and holding that bowl more, I guess, than her. But it's probably the reason why I remember this scene. Yeah. Uh, I got to go see the doctor. Now we, now we should be scratch. 
because he she walks in and he's like, "Yes, can I help you?" She he she doesn't give him the tip. She just makes her awkward exit. Right. This is our yeah. third film with Dean Stockwell. Okay, so Wolf of uh, Washington is Werewolf of Washington is probably the best movie we've ever seen, right? I like think, one of the best ones. Yeah, I think that was a really fun episode, and it's royalty free or whatever. It's public domain. Is that how you call it? Public domain. Yeah, that's how we call it. So we could actually do a real episode, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually, I think that's the episode where I fell asleep, but I was still talking. That's like I was so tired. That's cool. And I was saying, no, maybe it wasn't, but I, was, I started, yeah, like uh, one of the episodes, I, I fell asleep talking to you, but I kept talking and I kind of got snapped too in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> that's, that's the quality of show we have for you. Yeah. And when you're, I like it when you're fully really wide awake. That's when the mumbles really come out. Oh, right. Yeah. It's a nonstop mumble fest. <laughs> Imagine you like hosting the Oscars. <laughs> okay, uh, the, the, uh, the next uh, the cue card guy is going too fast. Okay, this scene is all about. Okay, I'm really the devil, and I'm going to prove it to you by doing not metaphysical things, like impossible things, like make you float and crap like that. And she's being frustrated. Right. Why do they always want proof? I don't know about a sitcom. Yeah, it was like, you know how there was like a CW and the UPN? It was a show on there. I I believe she had it. Was it called Venetia? uh, What was it? It was her first name, but I'm trying to think of what network it was on. Okay, well, she was on one episode of Miami Vice, and she was on a television movie called Sisters, and she was on... 18 episodes of Saturday Night Live. That's all I've got on her. She died okay. uh, in 94. She had breast cancer. And uh, I really think she could have gone on to, who knows, who knows what movie she would have been in. And, you know, if we'd know her name, she'd be, you know, another Whoopi Goldberg or something. I mean, she's a comedian and she's got her shots. Right. She she told her family to host her services, her funeral services, in an amusement park. Is uh, that interesting? All right. She was part of Second City. Oh, cool. You know, that's how she got on the Saturday Night Live. That seems to always be the way. Chicago's Second City. Huh. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember her Saturday Night Live. I remember her from other stuff. Uh... Now she's fallen into a dumpster. She believes that it's the devil. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Weird pixelation. Oh, sequence. Here's the limbo line, huh? Like yeah. purgatory. Right, like purgatory. There's Ray Charles on the stage. And there's like a brick wall in front of him. The guy can't get a break. He's performing outside for a brick wall buildings. <laughs> and then he finally gets the club and there's a fucking brick wall behind him. <laughs> Well, we'll see Sally, Sally Ketherman, Kellerman on the same stage later in this movie with the brick wall. Oh, well, great. Well, Sally Kellerman, of course, from one of our favorite, one of my favorite movies, Me Fall 3. I can't yeah. about your call on that. 
It's fun, Meatball 3. Oh, remember, yeah, it's um, who did we see in the pinball movie and the Burt Reynolds movie? That guy. Um, remember, I was like, he was in a doorman okay. and we, admit, we missed it. It was the one where she was in yeah. heaven. He was the guy at the pearly gates. Gotcha. Oh, right on. Oh, yeah, he was holding court. Holding court. You must be thinking of Munchies, uh, that Munchies movie with Elvis and. Uh, oh, right. Oh, right. Well, there, like a, Mary, yeah, it's like all these. Uh, that was the Marilyn two family movies. We're, we're talking about other movies. Now, this, this movie looks pretty solid. Do you think, like, right now, this is probably the crux of the film, right? Well, right now, should, we're yeah. learning that the deal is she will get her to become a big time trader. Uh, and you know, for her soul, that's the deal. Cool. Want to hear her talk? For her to soul. Me? Yeah. Your soul. She's taking out a futures contract on her soul. <laughs> Her name is Nike. What's now? She's the devil. Devil? No, she's not. She's not the big devil. She's a demon, you know. But she has all, Uh, you know, metaphysical power, all the spiritual, you know, controlling the physical world. She can. She's a physics machine. I'm a. I'm a demon. My name is uh, Thor. Thor, oh, that's pretty cool. You must have like a hammer and so on. No, no, just have a name. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, your Nike. Is it true your your products manufactured in? No, I'm not that Nike. <laughs> Everyone's clapping for no. Big Charles. He loves it. He loves it. I don't understand. Oh, look there. What's hell, hell? It says hello, but the neon sign of the letter O disappears. Yeah, it's flat, flickering, and then it's out. Yeah. It's out. It is motel hell, and then the credits start. Rory Calhoun. Ta-da! Here's your. Hey. If you're gonna make what? a deal with the devil, you're gonna be in style. Eighties, yeah. you get yourself a sports car. You go Miami Vice. It's all paid. He's gonna go clothes shopping. You can't wear that now. Snap fingers. <laughs> What? Middle class working woman clothes, man. They're perfect. Yeah. Now, this guy, too, what's he doing? Like, he's offering all this stuff or just being like, you know. He's like a Valley Parker thing. See you in hell. They they misspelled. Oh, never mind. Off into the mist. Look at it. What are you in? No, this could have been shot anywhere. I guess they shot this in an office building. I mean, it seems like it, obviously it's a Chicago they, production. They must have done it at the Chicago Board of Trade and like had a deal with them, and they allowed it because they love right. it, making a film. Now, Dean Stockwell was also in Psych Out, which we saw with um, uh, with sure. Jack Nicholson. No, Jack Nicholson. Yes, that's right. He did not. That's like- he's the rival. He did not like Psych Out at all. He um, it it was not one of his favorite films. He didn't enjoy it much. And he says on the positive th- th- 
on the positive side, I think it was the first time I met Jack Nicholson, but it's the only time I ever worked with him. So I don't know. He wasn't a fan of that. We know him from Quantum Leap, especially, right? Right. Well, also, I guess uh, Blue Velvet. Like, so Blue Velvet was probably 87, and Quantum Leap was probably uh, 88, you know, 89. So this is in between. Yeah. Look at Brad Hall acting. Got Brad Hall hair, Brad Hall wired glasses, and he's reading the news, Carl, on SNL. So, so why are you having lunch with, um, there's Nike again. Why are you having lunch with runners? Why aren't you with the traders? Oh, I don't know. I don't like those guys. It's just more romance. It's starting. Now, Blue Velvet was 86. Married to the right. Mob was 88. Dune was 84. That's, yeah. And Quantum Leap, just like you said, it was 89 through 93. So this was a little bit on his uh, decline, you know, as a movie star. He started doing television. So this this was, this seemed like 80, well, it wasn't decline. He had decades. So I'm sure he did tons of television in the 60s and 70s. I mean, like, uh, probably did Playhouse 90, you know. Well, I mean, he was a movie star, but he was like who you would think of as a movie star. I mean, he was in like, okay, uh, the last movie directed by Dennis Hopper, The Dunwich Horror, he came out of the 70s, and then he's in. The last last picture by the director, Dennis Hopper, is like, I haven't seen it. It's so hard to find, but it's one of the worst movies. Oh, this is the best picture, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it, it is a bad film I could not find it yeah. on uh, net, DVD Netflix so that's what I'm saying like it's it's hard to find but it's a quest like he had like a lot of cachet you know he's a writer and all that stuff and he took it and he made a film about I don't know I think it, it's supposed to be like someone builds a movie house in South America and causes chaos or they're shooting a movie in South America and it's causing chaos or something. I don't think it takes place in the United States. You know, I just don't have much respect for Dennis Hopper. I mean, he had a gift and he drugged it away. Now, he had a lot of gifts. I mean, he was a really good photographer to boot. I mean, besides, uh, you know, some memorable roles, he uh, was the Smiths used a lot of his photos in their, on their albums and stuff. a serious photographer, and I think we covered that in uh, King of the Mountain. Yeah. Now, what's happened here is she had a cat fight with the one, the runner who danced naked or, you know, scantily clad. And she bonked into her love interest. We're sort of cementing it now. Like, let me see what she's screaming. Okay. She got a tip about the Russians. And so she screamed it out. She's got a tip that the Russians are going to buy a bunch. You know, it's from Nike, and she's going to be right. You know, that's how this has been going. This film. You can- oh yeah. Oh. I I remember it being from Nike because Nike put a Russian flag on top of the cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, it was in the break yeah. room. It was in the break room. Now, yeah. do you remember how silly John Tesh was? Right. For those of you who are young. Uh, John Tesh was like a Good Morning America kind of anchor, right? Well, he did Entertainment Tonight, but he oh. also wrote the theme song there. Entertainment Tonight, John Tesh wrote that song. Entertainment Tonight. 
Entertainment Tonight, written by John Tash. <laughs> wrote this fucking song. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's uh. Well, we'll leave you with you know, Well, we don't have the clip, but thank you here tonight. You know, they don't like play you out at the end of the credits of Entertainment Tonight. They're like, well, that was Entertainment Tonight. That was Entertainment Tonight. Here's a long version of Chad's <laughs> because of the extra sax solo. Uh oh. Here comes an extra beat. Contact no. Oh, but that's the thing. Like, if you ever play like NBA jam. So John Tesh wrote music that like your mom would like, you know, like uh, right. Barry Manilow kind of songs. Um, anyway, he was just an all-around silly, silly, silly person, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> You're probably going to go, oh, yeah, I don't know, John Tesh, he had this thing, and you'll be right. But to me... Oh. Oh, listen, man, I think that guy could laugh his way to the bank because he... Uh... He, you know, he he made a lot of money uh, on Entertainment Tonight, and yeah. he was a super ass professional on that. And he's like, you know, oh, uh, Alan Thick. Uh, he's like the late Alan Thick. You know, he, he also wrote a theme song. Actually, did John Tess crash away? Don't say so. Um, I don't know. I didn't research that. I just noted the music, yeah. and I went, <laughs> "That'll be funny." Yeah. Well, he was like that new age music. Like during this yeah. time, here's a movie about naked capitalism and then he's playing like hey mellow out you're off the trading floor kill out from the trading floor so right now everyone's like, acting on oh that's not really true uh, Case, Casey told her tip to love interests team and not her own Dean Stockwell okay so she's about to right. yeah so they're going to make a big hit and Dean Stockwell will have lost $100,000. Which is like 100000 By the way, this movie came out in 89, so the, uh, 1990. So $100,000. It was actually $100,000 back in 1990. Okay, that's very funny. I'm feeling that. Okay, okay. No, I just, oh, man, I finally got a joke for this show, and you're like. <laughs> 1989 was worth. $100,000 in 1989 money. <laughs> oh, don't make me pull out my phone and tweet it before you have a chance to go out and save. <laughs> I'll All right, I'm going to have to tweet it. I'll play the clip next time. Okay, so now right, it's just Carl, a big thank you from Ron Howard's dad. Like, you've made me a very happy... And he's giving him her a tip, a lot of cash. Now, Dean Stockwell is like, hey... You're fucking fired. Yeah, it's not professional. It's not professional, too. Like, the money. look how young he looks. Yeah, he's not. But he does. Mm -hmm. He's a clean cut, I guess. Money. So they were able to, uh, there's money. That's against the law. You're fired. I don't care. Now, it doesn't no really I can no longer be a dictator. And it doesn't really hurt her feelings until he's like, take off your jacket. Because then she's, like, stripped of her uniform. Whoa, really? That's like the walk of shame. 
It doesn't matter where the expression comes from. When you lose your jacket on the commodity floor and you have to walk to the exit, that, that's that's what they would say. Like, that oh. is doing a walk of shame. I didn't know that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, a lot of people think, like, you know, you have sex and then you leave the apartment and that going going back to get coffee or whatever, going home. That sounds interesting. But, it, but it's actually just losing your commodity. Look at it. Oh, she put on a civilian jacket. Her non-commodity jacket. So, so what's she, the deal? So the the commodity. Yeah, go ahead. Well, she's bumping into love interest. Who? This is like, come on, I want to talk to you. Come across the street. Come on, and you know, why don't you come work for us and work towards becoming a trader? That's her real dream, anyway. It'll screw that other guy over. Look, he made us a lot of money today. Come get on Team Orange Coat. Right. Come on. Oh, look at this. Limit up. Look, they're at Internet. Up. Okay, let me just explain. If the price of something is bubbling and it's out of control, limit up is that's a call that the floor makes that says it's a price limit. You can't go any higher. You got to stop trading. It's it's to protect traders from like a crash. Uh, so that's why mm -hmm. the right. movie's named Limit Up. And in our final scene, we're going to get a limit down. Well, wait, slow your roll. So let's say we have trading cards, Mike and Carl's trading cards. Yeah. And uh, people are spending like $20 a pack, and they're going through the Mike and Carl cards, finding the rare cards, and those cards are selling for like thousands of dollars. Right. That market is eventually going to bubble, it's going to burst. And then the, the, to prevent this, the, uh, the trading card commodity will be like, Mike and Carl, you can, we're going to cap the limit at a million. Right, you have to stop now. One million is as high as you could go. Because if we go higher, we yeah. know it's not gonna. You're gonna lose money on this trade, and you so much money, you know, like millions of dollars. You'll be, you'll be, you'll. We'll call a margin call yeah. on you. You'll be off the trading floor. It's to prevent a crash. In the end, the price of soybeans is going to plummet, 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 and they're going to do a limit down. Interesting. So let's say like the Mike and Carl cards and trading cards are not popular. Right. Even though what your, my favorite trading card, Carl, I don't, I don't know if we got a chance to talk about it. It's number 24 in the series uh -huh. where Mike and Carl are on your roof. Uh -huh. that That's a great card. This, okay. Yeah. Look, you see, this is the writer of the film. Now, Richard Martini co-wrote the film but and came up with the story. But really, she was the brains of the screenplay. She's an actress, too. Are they libertarians? Tell you her name. It's Luna. Luna. No, it's Luana. L-U-A-N-A. -A, Luana Anders. She wrote the screenplay. She is this teacher. And she was an actress in so much. Uh, she was in the Two Jakes and Shampoo and Easy Rider and, you know, Going Ooh, South. Yeah, and, yeah, she was in a lot of stuff. That's a couple of Nicholson movies, Going yeah. South and Two Jakes, are both directed by Jack Nicholson. You had recommended Going South to me, and so I watched it. It was really good. I saw it on DVD. It was uh, really good, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, it's a mess, but it's great. You know, and it was like, if you read the book Wired or see, we actually, Carl, I'm happy to do Wired, the movie. That was one of the first movies I wanted to do because that was the first movies I checked on YouTube. It was a 1989 docu uh, uh, docudrama based on 
Bob Woodward's book on John Belushi, Wired, The Life in Hard Times, or whatever. Did we do it next John time? Belushi. Yeah, we'll do it next time. How about that? Okay. Why? Right. Yeah. You said 1989? Yeah, you know, I remember being in New Jersey, and there was like a movie theater on like Route 23 or what have you, across the street from a diner, and it was December, and we went to see Wired, uh, the John Belushi biopic, and we left, and it was a terrible movie. And I was like, this is the worst movie I've seen in the year or the decade. And the theater closed. <laughs> it wasn't open. In the 1990, it, closed, it was gone. And I'm like, it's the curse of that movie. Route 23, that's up where I so, live yeah. now. Oh, really? Well, you're one movie theater less thanks to Wire. Yeah. I mean, maybe by this time they have, like, new ones. Oh, I think I know that place. Is that the Zeroplex? They have zero <laughs> screens. Right, the Netflix. <laughs> don't you hate going to the Zeroplex on a Friday night? Oh, what a bad. The lives are like through. Yeah. Movie, no, no parking. Movies at the Zeroplex. <laughs> no, no, and, and no parking. Right, but there's always parking at the Zeroplex, right? I mean. <laughs> the Zeroplex has no parking. That's okay, the thing, you have to park in the street. Like Wait, you don't think I should say always park? Like, I could start the joke, like, I can't find I went to this 10-plex. It was this movie I was getting drawn, you know. <laughs> I couldn't get a parking spot, so I went to the 6-plex, right? No, that's fine. Okay, so now we're learning... Yeah. It's it's more. It's just more good news for her. Watch how this uh, paper takes off. Yes. Later, I'll have what she's having. <laughs> oh, paper ash falls down. Hey, it's hey, no parking yet. on the commodity floor. No parking on the commodity floor. Yeah, now she's not yet a trader. She's still in training. They're her sponsor. He's wearing like a Dr. Sue suit with a Dr. Who, excuse me, with the uh, purple uh, lace, but she doesn't have that. Is that because he's a, a rookie? Uh, that's a good question. Like those are sort of not badges, but insignias and hers are, I don't know. Because look, the other traders don't have those badges at all. The other traders are really, oh, a couple are wearing jackets. Yeah. Okay. Got that? Okay. Now, what Her they're fault. doing is she just did it, placed an order when she's not allowed to, but everybody knows she's training to be a trader. So she makes a huge mistake. She did it backwards. Instead of buying, she sold for. And there, she, so there's going to be a call at the end. And they're going to lo lose a hundred thousand, a hundred of four hundred thousand dollars, a hundred something super serious. So she's oh like, "Well, take back the trade." Too late, it went in, honey. Should have thought of that. Uh, you know, mistake they'll draw. You're still in school, darling. Well, yeah, it'll cut down on the floor there for all your peers. That's a lot of money for four hundred thousand dollars in nineteen eighty nine money. That's four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> right. She's sick. 
You're kidding. You're but, kidding, Ron Howard. You know why the son's Ron Howard. You're kidding, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't make me play, go to Westerns again. So he says, do you have any idea what we'll finish at? And she does from Nike. So she tells him. So what's going to happen after the stressful, stressful moment is they're going to break even. And she didn't fuck the company up. But it's, tar oh, cool. it's a tarnish. It's not good. Which one, hey, I, I, how come all these Illinois country folk got into the, to Chicago? Are they first? Uh, I don't know. They're just putting her in crazy outfits. Though, okay, there are soybean people who actually will go, like if they're pissed off, like for instance, at the end of the thing, it's going to show you that the farmers were pissed off that the grain, the soybeans were worth so little. And so they were pouring them out onto the trading floor. They're allowed in there as the owners of the commodities, you see, but they're not doing that. They're right. at the farm. But, uh, but I thought there was like a no overall, uh, overall no service policy. No, like this, no overall. <laughs> this is an important part of the film because we find out that, that you could feed the world if uh, the price of soybeans dropped. However, one woman pulled her first meal per day to do just that. There's no profit in giving food away. No profit it's in giving food away. Money. Poor people had money. You guys have the cool color. If poor people had money, we'd be happy to feed them. She goes, Hey, hey, saying, how do they get? Oh, God, you know, I was the... actually there. Wait, this is this for women up there. Like... All right, all right. <laughs> You're at Wrigley Fields, huh? Yeah, it was for uh, Big Lim. It was for Limit Up Day. They were filming Limit Up, and they yeah. gave out a free hat and T-shirt. <laughs> Mike, let me t let me say this because it's important to the movie. As if we give a shit, we just learned that a handful of soybeans could it could feed the world. There's enough there to feed the entire world, but there's no profit in it. Uh, nobody's going to give the soybeans away. And then she goes, we'd be happy to if they if the poor had money, we'd be happy to feed them. And that's like a real big deal to Casey. It's going to get into her conscious and into her heart, you see, because the devil's trying to do the reverse. Well, she can sell her soul and exchange, make sure that the commodity goes down and, and be able to feed the world. Right? No, they, Someone has to be sacrificed for this. No, they want famine. to go down. They want the price to go all the way up so they can have famine and death. Now, I can see like this. Uh, we're making a movie about soybeans and the commodity. It's called Limit Up. If it, uh, the farmer's like, that sounds great. There's going to be a limit up. All right, call us in. And they're like, yeah, at the end of the movie, there's a limit down. What? <laughs> Our oh. precious soybeans are soiled. Love interest caught the foul ball. Oh, yeah, of course. Holding two hot dogs from and wearing Cubs uh, t-shirt and cap. You know how it goes. He the ballpark. gives it to her, of course. Yeah, you were really there. Uh, no, I was. I was. I was there. It was for Limit Up Appreciation Day. It was the tenth anniversary of Limit Up, and uh, the first one thousand people in the in the stadium got free Limit Up T-shirts. It was great. <laughs> By the time I got my Limit Up T-shirt, all they had was medium. So you know, oh, damn it, I used it as a rag. I used it as a rag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
It's something I have to wipe down. I, I'll take it and I'll spray it. Mop <laughs> this up, Michael. Mop this up. Oh, hey, I'll limit it up. I got a rag right here. Oh, yeah. I got a rag right here. So what we're having now is the fall in love segment. It starts with Nike showing up at Wrigley Field to give her a tip, but not the tip you'd expect. The tip is keep your mind on the business and not your love affair. Forget about the love interest. Wow. And she's going to fight the devil. Right. We're going to have a, not a mom, we're going to have a segment, group, a bunch of scenes now, a segment in which they fall in love and get married. What did she order? Did she order lettuce and lemon halves? Well, yeah. Whenever yeah. she's on a date, she gets rabbit food. And then when she goes home, <laughs> she has like a hoagie. <laughs> when nobody's right. Yeah, she's, she's like taking the food. So. Look at that. That's like two lemons and maybe like a bok choy. And, uh, you know, iceberg lettuce. I don't think they had invented bok choy in 1989. They might have bok choy in the menu. They didn't invent, like, a wine bottle. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> now, that's blasphemy. She's a, a demon, right? Yeah, it is blasphemy. And she's um, saying she has an Irish accent, which doesn't make sense, but she's Roman Catholic, so it does make sense. She goes, right. oh, hello. It's great to... Oh, I'm not doing it right, but she's like, great to see you. You see that lightning thing that really happened? And she's like... he's. She made her flick his face with the napkin. And he's like, that was very weird. Can we go? Uh, yeah, we can. We still have two hours before the fight land. God damn it. I got to add three, uh, one. To the limbo. We're in act two. Limbo lounge. Okay, I'm with you, but I'm probably behind. But okay. Well, there uh, is a musical number going on. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm on the like same place. Fight. I could skip in four seconds. They're dancing together uh, on the floor. This is a segment about they fall in love and get married. Yay! And she puts yeah, her foot yeah. down with Nike. I'm marrying him. She reeled him in. In the film, there is no good acting. There's no tender moment of we don't fall in love with them on the screen. There's just none of that chemistry. What are you talking about? They're at famous Chicago location. Uh-huh. Holding hands and, uh-oh. Oh, I never expected them. standing on a street water fountain that the, the fountain would spray. <laughs> they must I'm hot. I mean, he must have had a squaresy with the city. I mean, they're using public uh, fountains. Yeah, I really right, think that's... so. They're at um, Wrigley Field. They're at the commodities. Yeah, the commodity, the river. The river you know. It's uh, Lake Erie. I think that's what it is. Maybe I'm stupid. I, I better Google that. Now. Wow, look at that. that. According to that green monochromic uh, television monitor. Uh, now it's an all-the-way montage. All the way, and they're dancing on the elevator. <laughs> hey, floors down below. Hey, right, we're looking for the training floor. And, yeah, that's ground floor. Chicago Great Lake. Wow, look at that special effects. Print Center wasn't that the name of the program? You can make all this stuff. Which one? 
It was Brotobun software, and it was like you can make banners. Remember, we had a dot matrix printer, and you could and you had it like yeah. I remember you had that. To separate the paper. Yeah, but there was a, a really popular software, and it was like Printmaker or something like that, where you can make uh, banners or posters or whatever. Not familiar Ooh, with them. I'm yeah. too technically advanced uh, over you. Now, I, <laughs> I'm an idiot because it's Lake Michigan. I looked it up. It's Lake Michigan. I'm a, it's not it, Lake Erie. No, that's probably like, I don't know. I don't know where that is. It's Lake Superior's Canada. I don't know. All I know is that it says on a crossword puzzle, Lake blank. And I go, Erie. And I look yeah, at the letters yeah. and it says four letters. So I go, yeah, there you go. Erie, that's got to be it. Yeah. Erie, Indiana. I never watched that show. It's not too scary. You, There's always uh, similar you know, ones in the crossword puzzle. You know, good words for them with lots of vowels that they can hook stuff on. The Erie's one of them. Now what's happening is oh, she's yeah. got her trading badge, but nobody will trade with her. Fuck you, little girl. Oh, right, because she fucked it up. No, not because she... Wow. Not because she made a mistake. It's just her first day as an actual trader, and nobody's respecting her. Oh, well, street fight. Hey. So there must have been, like, you must know something about them, right? Like, to make your own movie and to come right in to get someone to talk about... It seems like they know what they're talking about, or at least they, you know, they know the market. Like, I would have no idea. You told me write a story about the market. I'd be like, uh, okay. Uh, People wear a little Google, a little Google. A little, oh yeah, a little wiki here, and a little, you know. Okay, so one time I wrote a screenplay about some shit I know nothing about, and that's the Canadian political system. Okay, just a little Google, you find out all the positions, and it's it, I, I I did it, I nailed it. Yeah, you know what it is? It's like some fan fiction. Like, you know, I wish Canadian government would work like this. Elf <laughs> party and dwarf well. party. Yeah, I do like elf party and dwarf party as well. Known. Check this uh, out. Bull. In the 1960s, right, the CIA put sleeper cells in Canada to raise children, have children as Canadians, and those children would be spies of the United States. They would all go to the assembly, you know, to the, the legislature, the parliament, and they would vote that Canada join the United States. So the CIA is like supporting their campaigns in the background, you know, and getting them all into parliament. And they voted to become a state of the U.S. And my hero, and I was thinking of Tom Cruise when I wrote it, realizes the plot and he stops it. It's a thriller. Tom Cruise plays himself and he stops your vast conspiracy. <laughs> Canadian is into, I'm into deep. No, really, I don't know who I am. Yeah, it's, that it's, sounds great, Carl. It's from watching The Firm I got the idea for the film. And Tom Cruise was the hero of The Firm. So when I started writing it, I was like, yeah, I'm writing The Firm. <laughs> well, who else, you know? <laughs> Tom Cruise would save the day. The firm is great. You know, they're like, we're going to give you a house and a car. Yeah. No strings attached. Except yeah. for the mob. Dun, 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 dun. 
Dun, 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 dun. All right. I guess there's a fighting on the dance floor. Fighting on the dance floor. Hold on a second. I'm mixing. Okay. So she's got at risk $400,000 of the firm's money, but she's got the tip from Nike. She knows what's up. So the, the husband or boyfriend or whatever came up and was like you gotta stop what you're doing and she goes yes, i know what i'm doing and, ch- and shoot him away and he was you know it's a lot of money but he did he backed off he oh wait a minute he's back maybe i'm wrong oh no he was just telling uh, her the uh, stakes it's four hundred thousand dollars in 1989 money casey Oh my God! Can you imagine this back then? That was like at least four. How much? Four hundred thousand. Yeah, that's four hundred thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I mean, in nineteen eighty nine dollars, that was worth four hundred thousand. Okay, so look at that disillusioned. Now Sally Kellerman. Yep, there she is, Sally Kellerman. Yeah. Sally is Yeah, she's our Star Trek connection. Just because we need one. You don't think uh, Grandpa Howard was on the Star Trek series? Uh, he was in a million things. Um, I don't think. I think I would have caught that. Yeah. Let's see. I love how, like, you, you work on the, the floor all day and then you just go to the nightclub at night. Where do you live in Chicago? Uh, Howard appeared in many notable films. Cool Hand Luke, Chinatown, Splash, Ed Wood, Apollo 13. How many of these are directed by his son? Independence Day, A Beautiful Mind, Cinderella Man, Frost Nixon, Cinderella Man, right? Nebraska and Matt yeah. Rose. A lot of those weren't Nebraska and uh, Independence Day. I mean, those those are plenty fine without Ron Howard's uh, input. Yeah, uh, he was an actress. Oh gosh, I can't really say that. I don't really know. That's true. Let's see. Judy Howard died, and okay, he died eight days after his 89th birthday. It was West Nile virus. It was heart failure spurred on by West Nile virus infection. His heart stopped. That sucks. Yeah. Anyway, there was no Ron Howard when there was Cool Hand Luke in Chinatown, right? He did do Splash, but I'm saying Rance Howard was a working actor um, before his children came along. Now, Dean Stockwell is finally getting, like, she's getting the best of him every now and again. He's starting to respect her a little. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's just like a respect uh, He was a child actor at MGM um, Compulsion in 1959, Sons and Lovers in 60... Uh, he was in a Catherine Hepburn, Jason Robards movie. Um, 
he's been at it a long time, Dean Stockwell. Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot more there. So, I mean, what I'm saying, like, he must have done, like, tons of television as well. Like, the fact that he got on Quantum Leap must have helped him a lot. Just, you know, a second career and just kind of a, a great way to make some cash. And Yeah. Uh, look at this. Look, you see what he did? He complimented yeah, he's on the line. factor, but now the thing is, it's 1989, so the film didn't make... Like, they were just like, that's his personality. And you and I know, like, that's kind of piggy. You're, you shouldn't do that. But she, but it was a show of respect. She was like, good job. Now, look at this movie, Fake Stuff. Oh, she's blown up on oh, television, and she's in Time Magazine cover girl. I mean, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, her and Donald Trump. Now, what happened? Where's the guy? Who's talking? I'm a couple seconds behind you, right? Um... They're sitting in, at Lake Michigan. She's on the training floor making trades. You see? Oh, no. I'm, I'm watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm two seconds behind you. Okay. I'm not even. Okay, we're just having more love and romance, and it's getting to the point in which um, she's going to tell Nike, I don't care. I'm going to marry him. You see, we don't really have – look, she's got all her money now, so now she has – a mansion, and he can't handle it. Right. Now, this is the Lincoln Park uh, Zoo, right? And at 12 o'clock every day, the seals get up and do Lincoln Park songs. Go, Lincoln! I love it. That's right, because it is Lincoln Park. Yeah, that's right. Oh, there's a Nike. And then the zookeeper well, gets up and goes, one thing I can't deny, never, never, never try. Keep that in mind, I've designed the rhyme to design a good time. All I know, oh, I know, oh. It's a great show. You should see the matinee. It's at noon at the Lincoln Park Zoo. <laughs> Who opens for them? <laughs> I got to think of a them. quick, funny joke. <laughs> I know, right? I can't think of it. I love to set up jokes for you that I can't figure out anyway. It's not like I have a backup on that one. And the otters. Marcy Playground. The monkeys, that's who. Who who opens for them? The monkeys. The monkeys. Oh, they are the, the monkeys. They open for the monkeys. Okay, so now it's like I am going to marry him. I'm do I or I'm not or I'm out. You want me to do this for you? I'm marrying him. Come on, we're partners, right? Oh, so, man. Boom, here we are at the wedding. And, of course, Nike's going to come and fuck it up. Not really fuck it up. She's going to make it a big happy party, actually. Anyway, look, they're so happy, but there is just no chemistry between them. Right. Yeah, so, they are like a happy couple. Are you you, you'd be at the wedding like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Look at them. There's no chemistry. Is that a can of pay? I'm scarred. I give it five years. If they I'll have to, to be ten. Oh, we're on table six. They could hear us. <laughs> Here we have the boring wedding band. And so she zaps them with the whammy jammy and turns them into the greatest, coolest band. Oh, man, I'm telling you, like, you know, problematic movie. 
Cool. Look, entertainment of dancing. Dancing with so the guests. It's like it's just like you know, bedazzled. Do you ever see that? The 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 is it Brendan Fraser, Elizabeth yeah, version, but there's that in the one. original. Yeah. Yeah, with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Yeah. So is this kind of like it? Like there's a uh, a nevish and then a uh, uh, devil kind of just goading him. The nevish and the devil does good somehow. I don't think the well, devil does good. He just survives it. It is like that film, but I can't. It is like that film. I don't know what Nevish is, but like she's a pure soul. Oh, like a nerd. No, she's no nerd, but she is like a decent human being. And that's why she won't be corruptible in the end, even though she's been playing along for her self-ambition. She's like, I'll be right back. And it's like, hello, this is the receiving line. You can't leave. <laughs> oh, yeah, there she goes. Yeah, now... Oh, really? I'm that far ahead? You don't see the dump truck? I see her calling the dump truck. Here comes the dump truck. Okay. So you're not so far behind. That's full of soybeans. (laughs) She's going to have them dumped. It's a political statement? It's a screw you for marrying that guy statement. Now nobody's going to be able to get out of the driveway, get their cars out. Oh, worst wedding ever. I hope she's on a bridezilla because spilled soybeans on the <laughs> lot preventing your guts to get that is a oh, you're a mother in law. Jane Fonda is mother in law, monster in law, monster in law. Yeah, she's no, a monster. monster. If, if it was Jane Fonda, is monster uh, mother in law, you'd be like, oh, what a sexist film. But it's monster in law, it's a sexist film, right? It's like, there's no. It's a mother-in-law movie, and like, oh no! It's not a sexist film because it's the story. It's a woman's story. It's not told. The hero is is uh, what was what's her J Lo is the hero, and it's a and lots of women can relate to like having a mother-in-law who's extremely disapproving. I mean, the thing wasn't written in a vacuum, right? It was. It's a. But it was wasn't like she was like uh, overbearing, like and like oh, you know, she she would kind of force her hand on everything. Like, well, she loved her son, like, and and J Lo wasn't good enough for her son. That was the whole. Right. Yeah, I saw that movie on TNT. I think, or maybe it was uh, TV. you know what? Right. I had bootleg TBT, which is a bootleg TBS TNT channel, and they had it, and it was like, yeah, I guess I get it. Well, it was just a dumb movie. Uh, I don't know. It was a throwaway movie, something to do quick. She was divorced from what's-his-name. Okay, so we're missing this film, but we're not missing too much. Right now, it's she's asking, do you believe in God? And, you know, like, she hasn't ever told him she made a deal with the devil, but she's trying to, like, figure out if he's religious. Oh, right. Like, before we marry, like, you don't mind, like, Brad, do you, you look kind of Jewish. Are you Jewish? Did you change your name? Well, they're married. They're married. Oh, there we go. That's right. They got married. That was the last scene. Duh. Oh, my goodness. I forgot to ask. Are you Jewish? Tell me you're not Jewish. No. No. Oh, I forgot to ask you. Did you sell your soul to the devil? Yeah. I didn't mean to tell you, but the honeymoon was so much fun. (laughs) <laughs> I have a Yom Kippur joke that works. You want to hear that? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, when are you going to get Okay, that. I already ruined it because I, you know, I kind of gave away the punch to tell you it's a Yom Kippur joke. So you have to not know it. Yeah, right. I, okay, so I'm up there and I'm like, it, I'm like, I'm complaining. I'm like, it, it never rains, but it pours. It, it, it never rains, but it pours, right? And then people go, uh-huh. I go, if you're Christian, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, it never Yom rains, but it Yom pours once a year. <laughs> You must atone. That's a great joke. Oh, because, yeah, you got to fast for the day. And when people hear your, uh, you know, Kippur, they're like, ha, 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 oh, that's I wish you much younger riches in your future, because right now you're young Kippur. You said you gave up the punch for your young Kippur joke. You got to give up, like, punch and orange juice. It's not just, you know, (laughs) all beverages. Recently, I sat Shiva for the first time. I re- recently I sat Shiva. Uh, it was not. It wasn't too bad. I, I had a sweater. It was. You know, I, I had a few shivas, but it, you know, it was a little chilly. But I, I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to say, you know, Shiva didn't appreciate it. She's like, get off of me. <laughs> That's Shiva. Right. Okay, so what's happened now is the devil's plan is drive the price of soil soybeans up so what she's going to do is drive the price of soybeans down so she's taken other people's other she's doing trading on other people's account it's completely illegal she's faking those people are going to you know she's got tickets are that are orders she never got and ron howard's dad is catching her being like, what the fuck, little girl? You're going to go to jail for that kind of shit. It's like, I'm trying to prevent world hunger. Nobody knows what she's talking about. You know what I mean? So she passed Howard Howard and does it. She does it. Look, you see how his heart is his heart? That will... I know, man. Yeah, we'll see that. Mortimer, your your brother. Fuck him. Turn those machines back on. Same places. Yeah, well, that's what's going to happen. He's going to have a a heart attack. Oh, she has a choice between selling and buying or helping out. Not Howard's dad. Now everybody's guilt buying from dealing with her because she's buying, 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 buying. So everyone's like, yeah, sure. Okay. Sell. Okay. Sell. And it's going down. Now here comes Nike. See how happy she is. Well, I haven't, I I know she's wearing Nikes too. Yeah. She doesn't know that the plan is in reverse right now. I guess she's not really omnipotent. Right. Well, this is the first time she dressed up actually for the floor. Usually she's like, uh, I'm pretty free. She's like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, I'm doing what I was. I'm trading. Don't care. Are you blind? I see the price going down, girly. That's so cool. It's like in the middle of selling. You can just have a conversation. Well, if it's a movie, you absolutely can't. So she's in the middle of them are precision based, like, you know, world rattling market. And because of like, hey, got time? Sure, I got time for you. Dean Stockwell's catching on now. She's buying, 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 buying. What is it that she knows? What is it she knows? 
Nothing. She's just going to get everyone bankrupt. Oh, and she's right. pocketing it. Look. Come on, Howard. Oh, no. Oh, was it the chili dog I gave you for breakfast? And <laughs> nacho cheese creamer. Can I have your orders? Would you give me the commission on your orders? I'll call you an ambulance. Okay. Okay. Oh, you're an ambulance, Ron Howard's father. Oh, you called him an ambulance. All right, the devil does not approve. Do you want me to call you an ambulance? No, no, that's all right. Well, I'm doing it. You're an ambulance. <laughs> Is that funny? Call you an ambulance. You know why I get a new five minutes of material each week? Because they suck. Because they all suck. You're Wait a minute, are you using our podcast show to write jokes? You get a new five every week? I use life to write jokes. Okay, now look, watch what she's doing. She's putting the whammy yes. jammy on the indoor weather. Wait, what? Is she she's, storm? She's stopping the trading. You know, I have to say the special effects must have been hand-painted on each cell, right? <laughs> yes. But it looks like Xanadu. In Xanadu. Stop it. Now, this you know the, the editor. Tornado. The editor was looking at every take like Dean Stockwell was doing, waiting for the perfect ticker tape to go across his face. You know? <laughs> like that. Like landing right. on the phones. So she's screwing up uh, the place so that no one can trade anymore. And then the deadline, the end of the day comes. Oh, so does she make money? No. No, she's ruined. Well, it's, it's, there's going to be a take two. Uh, she's not ruined. She didn't accomplish her goal. Now, is the FEC going to, like, investigate her and the woman who is uh, causing a storm in Lake X? Yes. yes. Are, you, are you Storm? Are <laughs> you Storm? I've heard about your superpowers. I do a lot more. I'm I'm a lot more than just weather, indoor weather. So okay, so she tried to get soybean market to crash, and she wasn't successful. She got interrupted, but it really fell, and she lost a lot of money for the company. So the husband puts her in the cab, it puts her in the limo, and has a talk with her. Like, why can't you talk to me? Communicate with me. I'm your husband. I'm your boss and partner. Why aren't you? You know. And then she explains that she made a deal with the devil. And when she does, Mr. Heartbeat, Mr. Love, heartthrob over here, stops the car and yeah. abandons her. Like, you're a crazy person. You're crazy for making a deal with the devil or crazy to believe the devil exists? Right. Crazy to believe the devil exists. You and I know better, Mike, but there's a lot of uh, Gentiles out, Gentiles out there. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? You know, uh, soybeans are Gentiles love. We call them goy beans. <laughs> I'm an honorary Jewish person because I worked for four Israeli companies and one time had a serious relationship with the Jewish woman. Never mind it was high school. Oh. Who cares that it was high school? Who cares, period? I don't need to know. And uh, 
Weren't you looking? Uh, he taught uh, me a lot of my Jew She taught me a lot of my Jew chops. Listen, Did the limo driver I, say something? What? <laughs> Would the limo driver be like, guys, can you keep it down? Right. Well, he's like, she's like, he's like, stop the car. And she's like, don't stop the car. And yeah, he's like, make up my mind, Ray Charles. So now, Every now and again, you hear like a Stevie Wonder Ray Charles joke, like, did you see his new car? Well, neither did he, right? You've heard that. Right. So uh-huh. Ray Charles sure, does that. that. Ray Charles does that joke right now. It's like, did, you know, because she's looking for Nike. Have you seen a woman? She's African-American. She's got her, you know, she's describing her. I don't know how she does it. And he goes, no, uh, Ray Charles goes, is she black? Does she have, uh, what are those things you tie in the hair? She, he goes, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. He goes, I haven't seen her. And he keeps playing. Great. Well, it was the only funny thing in the film. Does that mean she, he actually knows her? Yes, yes. Because every time she's bumping into Nike, it's like on that block where Ray Charles plays. Okay, mm-hmm. Nike is pissed. Sure. What do you call that tree? It's a Japanese tree. It's bonsai. It's real little. Uh, I think it's, I, I have no problem with her hair is great. Uh, I have no problem with that hair. Oh, wait, what do you yeah, call that like tree? Oh, it's like the little tree. Bonsai. Yeah. bonsai. yeah, this is that's not her hair. You're talking about her hair. That's her hat. The bonsai. <laughs> you is really the have final to... like square up. Kind of. There's more. We're not done. But um, she's pissed off. And uh, Casey's going to pay the price a little bit. You know, Casey is Nancy Allen, and she married Brian De Palma. Oh, yeah. I I, I mean, RoboCop is probably the best movie she's done, I, I think. But she's done some great movies with De Palma. And she That's- does a lot of great stuff. And- she keeps popping yeah. up and stuff too, which is cool. Um, but she holds she, a movie. Uh, well, okay, in RoboCop, she was great, and that's where I know her from too. But she never really. She, it, she's the star in this movie, but she wasn't the star in Carrie. She wasn't the star in Philadelphia Experiment, or you know, she wasn't the star in RoboCop. It's just not her. Yeah, but she holds the movie together. I mean, there might be somebody who stars in it, but you know, you're in a movie, and uh, yeah. it's, it can't be just a man a idol who ha- kind of has charisma and can hold it. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. One movie she was the star of is very interesting. It was Dressed to Kill, um, and she, check uh, this out. Like, she, yeah, she won a Golden Globe. She got a Glo- Golden Globe nomination for New Star of the Year, but of that same movie, she got nominated for a Golden Raspberry for Worst Actress. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a weird movie. What I mean is, but, like, the the establishment said, that was so good, we're going to give you a nomination for a Golden Globe, and the Razzies were like, fuck that, you're nominated for Worst right. Actress. They, they cut her down to size. They took away her punch. Do you know? They said no punch for Yom Kippur. 
<laughs> Do you know Stinker's Bad Movie Awards? I didn't hear of that ever. Stinker's? No. Yeah, I know. Got... I know the Golden Raspberry. Okay, now they're talking about the crazy thing that happened on the trading's floor that li- got to a limit down. And look, she's being arrested, and it's a big news. Wasn't that guy we just saw? That guy, the guy we just saw was he from Hill Street Blues? No, he was, he was a real traitor in the day. Oh, really? Well, he should be arrested and hung. <laughs> like real traitors. Yeah. He's a real traitor? Is that what you say? Chicago. Okay, so now, Chicago traitor. <laughs> you traitor. So now <laughs> the old girlfriend from the runner days goes to pick her up and bring right. her to her house, which is getting auctioned off. She's lost all her money. The FCC, you know, she's trying to manipulate the market. She made it limit down. So now they're going to auction off her stuff and her, her rich person's stuff in her rich person's house. Isn't that depressing? Oh. That's the way it goes. You know, like money. How much for Thank this you. Elephant Man's bone replica? Elephant Man bones, but the replica. replica, <laughs> right. And you edible. have a golden bidet. Now it's 14 karat gold, 7 karat gold, but it is golden. It is a golden bidet. Now it is plated gold, but it is... Look, yeah. everything's priced to go. Her plant... Do you think what's closer, a golden toilet or a golden bidet? I guess a golden bidet is classier because it's the more rare thing, and you would only have it if you're a rich person. You'd have a urinal and a bidet in your bathroom. Well, the thing is, like, with the urinal and a toilet, you are putting poop on you, but the bidet is cleaning the poop off of you. Right. I think it's a better way to, to spend your gold. Now the husband's back, and she's, like, not doing a good job acting. She's like, I don't know what to say, which is maybe the script, but I'm saying there's no chemistry. Right. <laughs> I lost everything. He's like, you didn't lose me, because the script says so. I think the script's like, make your libertarian points, and then uh, wrap the movie up. Yeah. I should have not libertarian points. I, well, it seems like I need what? to watch this movie like three or four times to figure out what the what the real politics of this film is about. Okay, so what happened because she made the price drop is in an emergency, the government gives away the the soybeans to third world countries because that makes them more scarce and the price goes up at home domestically, see? So what she just did was feed the world for a season. Wow. And not get arrested. Well, she did get arrested, yes. <laughs> For manipulating the jail? She went to... No, she didn't go to jail. It's like... Uh... She went to FCC game court. We strip you of your titles. You have to pay all the money. Now, what's happening right. is bad guy Dean Stockwell is there. The first, you remember the, the, the love interest caught the baseball and autographed it? Yeah, sure. That's the first thing he auctioned off, right? He expected like 20 bucks. And what he got, it was Dean Stockwell going, $10,000. And they're like, ooh. 
you know, and so fifteen thousand. What they're doing is like giving her her money, like paying for they're like being her friend, you see, saving her. Because they lost a lot of money though. Maybe not Dean Sockwell. For some reason, they for some reason they they now are on board with her feeding the world. I don't know why. Now they didn't lose money because they sold them all to her, and she crashed it. They they got out, you know, as they as it was plummeting. So Dean Stockwell made money. So what he's doing and what are they're all doing is they were paying a lot of money for little items. It's like a smiley face on the end of the movie. Now, she got reduced in rank, but she didn't lose her trading badge or something. And there she is. And look, the stripper runner is now like her friend. And everyone's giving her thumbs up. Even Nike. Um, we'll see if it is the white supremacist okay sign. Look, hi. Bye, sell. What? Uh, sell. No, bye. So what we're having here is a happy, 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 happy ending in which everyone loves. As it always happens. Now, we find out the truth. Nike goes to report to her boss, which is Ray Charles, but she's not a Uh demon. She's an angel, and she was reverse psychologying. She She found the pure uh, soul. She found a pure soul on the trading floor and manipulated her to, to... fight against the devil and do what they wanted, which was feed the world for a season. Wow. She reverse whammy jammy. Yeah. Yeah. You can see how Ray Charles is. Wow. He's got the fire in his eyes. Check it out. I know. That's because when you have a street alley, you should always have a garbage can that you could set a fire into and then set a fire into it. Right, but it has to be like the sealed garbage can. Yeah. yeah you, got, you got a lot of garbage. You know, a lot of garbage cans, you start a fire, they, the garbage can itself melts. So you have to find a good one. Like, you have to go yeah. to the beach and find one. Like an oil drum. Yeah, like an oil drum. Yeah, basically find an alleyway in Chicago with an oil drum, uh, cut the top off, throw in, I don't know, the Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sentinel, the, sometimes the Chicago Paper, Time Magazine. Yeah. And then that fire. Review. On poor Ray Charles, he's acting in front of a fucking flaming fire. Like yeah. the smoke was. You, you, you performed in front of smoke. It sucked. She was an angel the whole time. He must be an angel. Oh, Ray Charles is helping us say goodbye as the cast characters roll up the screen yeah. in each event. I did not see a sitcom. Maybe I was wrong. Uh, I was probably thinking, no, I'm probably thinking of someone else. Yeah, I am, of course. Uh, and Sally Kellerman as the nightclub uh, singer. Carl, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was, it had no chemistry between the love interest, and that was a really bad thing. I really liked her performance. Of course, I saw it with the sound and all the jokes she makes and everything. Um, I liked well, Dean Stockwell in it. I hated... You saw all the classes. Love What's that? You saw all the classes in there, like all the uh, like the, the talk about it, the yes. economics and just... Yeah. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, it seems like this movie... 
it seems like the movie was made to get to that to get to those points. Like I don't know if it's an Ayn Rand thing or just like they had a, you know they want to feed the world, let them know it's Christmas time, and uh, you know this is the way to go. But it seems like this guy had an inside with a lot of Chicago stuff, which you know yeah. is nice to see, especially if it's dated. Uh, but I, again, like again, me mistaking uh, the, the late uh, 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 I, 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 movies are right, but I, I do think there's a lot of like just racist kind of tropes that you see, like stereotypical tropes, like the, the magical Negro or the uh, African American playing sax on, on the street, you know, like or just uh, I don't know. But it was fine. It was, I don't know. It's a weird movie. I. I uh, Ooh, sincere appreciation to the following. I'm a couple seconds behind you. Yeah. John Tesh's credits are favorite. coming up. Great. John. Da, 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 da. It's time for John Tesh's. Oh, my God. John He's such a joke. He wrote a song called The Soybean Shuffle. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's The Soybean Shuffle. Do, 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 do. Yes, The Soybean Shuffle. Good for the Dynatones, huh? They really rock it. I didn't hear any. I didn't hear any of it. I, I you know, was that the band that performed live, Benetones? I don't. I don't know. I didn't find that in my research, but I might have not. You know, I might have stopped looking. Oh. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our movie, uh, Living Up, from 1989, 1990. Uh, thank you very much, Richard Martini, for uh, posting it. As is, we appreciate that. Yes. Uh, the director's cut no less with the cursing. And the real life blood. You know, there's a lot more blood in this movie than the edited version I saw on NBC. So, but uh-huh. this was it was cool. Uh, and I forgot a lot of details of this movie, so it was it was strange to see. But uh, yeah, that's that movie. Neither Christian or foul. So uh, next week, uh, I have an idea. Maybe I could look for it in real time <coughs> on YouTube. Well, I found but, the trailer for it. If you find the real filming, oh yeah. It'll work. I can well, play can the you, trailer. No. So, Carl, I had talked to Carl uh, right before uh, we recorded this to uh, uh, the movie. I, I found out for, through a friend that they discovered a uh, um, lost movie uh, shot in France during the 80s from uh, Jerry Lewis, and that it's posted on YouTube. Is that correct, Carl? Is what? I uh, Wait, did you? Oh, no. I, I'm kidding. Uh, next week, we're really excited for this film. It is, of course, we mentioned it during the show. It is, what's it called again? Wired, 1989. But see if it's on YouTube before we play the trailer, because it's going to mislead. Now, the other Jerry Lewis one you're talking about was a French film, but we didn't get there. I never got the link. Well, I never found it. I, the next thing you know, we were recording. Oh, one I of those see. days. Yeah, the most the best thing about today's episode wasn't the misleading stuff we're doing right now. It was that uh, I'm going to do that joke about 1989 money, and I'm going to you know <laughs> watch a movie at the zero plex, and I'm going to call my grandfather an ambulance. Uh, yeah, two out of three of those jokes are great. It's going to be a killer yeah. open bike. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, Go on Twitter and write down uh, my joke about 1990 money, and then I'm going to write a joke. I hear I don't see it, Carl. I just see people talking about it, which of oh, course you know you, you got to talk about. It. 
All right. Yeah, we were really lucky. Like it showed up like for a split second, and then I was able to. Uh, okay, then to in real time, look up uh, Jerry Lewis. All right, in real time, I will. I'm using my PlayStation Four. Here we go. The okay, Studios PlayStation Four. Jerry right, Lewis clear. movie. What year was that? Eighties. Okay, so I'll just put one nine eight. It calls people can uh can look with us in real time, but they can also check out your site at carlsucks.com. That is true. Where you can find out uh, all the shows uh, at Scotty's in Scottsdale, New Jersey, right? <laughs> in Springfield, Springfield, yeah. New Jersey. <laughs> Scottsdale? No. Springfield. Oh, I get the two big stuff. <laughs> I cannot find the French film, its name. Okay. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with a new movie. We'd love for you to check out Muni Radio, check out their live shows every Friday and Monday that airs, to check out the library of great shows that occurred during the 6th uh, uh, Annual Comedy Festival at Muni Radio, Muni Radio Show. And just uh, uh, check us out next week uh, for a movie that we haven't picked out yet. Yeah. So, uh, Carl, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. See you soon. All right, see you soon. Take care. Bye, audience. Oh, and also bye, audience. <laughs> Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I, I'm Mike's friend. We wrote this song, you know. You should follow me on Twitter. It's 11 underscores. You know, I love going to restaurants downtown. Turning your frown like everybody, Paul's Countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to rumba. Now let's watch a full-length movie. It is six o'clock. It is. It is time for progressive rock and roll here at the Gates of Delirium. I'm your host, Perkins Warbeck, and we are in for another two hours of excellent progressive rock and roll curated by me, a 61-year-old man who was raised in the 70s and who still contends, like an old fart, that that was the best decade for music that we've had since the Beatles. It's been downhill ever since. Um, so I'm here to do my part to resurrect and restore admiration and respect for the greatest kind of music that ever came out of popular American taste. That is progressive rock and roll. I should say English and American. We are here at the sprawling state-of-the-art studios of Mutiny Radio 
here in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco, California. It was November 10th today, and it was a beautiful spring day. Gorgeous here. I don't know what's happening where you are. Oh, by the way, it's 9 o'clock in Connecticut and 3 o'clock in Amsterdam. For <laughs> what it's worth. Um, so, I am Perkins Warbeck, as I said it earlier. I'm sitting in for the previous fellow who is bobbing in a sea of uncertainty like Pip the Cabin Boy out of Moby Dick. He saw through to the undifferentiated truth of existence in the universe and therefore lost his mind. It's a, we're skating on the thin ice every new day, that's for, for sure. We hope our original sponsor comes back, uh, the original host, but there's no telling. So we'd like to thank, um, a shout out to our two generous supporter, supporters and believers in the idea of progressive rock and roll. That is Sackbutt and Crumhorn, the law offices for criminals like you, and Alfred at Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred is bringing the trouser like no trouser has ever been brought. Alfred is resurrecting and restoring the very idea of trousers going all the way back to Bo Brummel, who introduced the trouser in the 1820s under the Regency of England. You remember that king who went crazy? George III, I think it was. Thank God for trousers. Thank God for Alfred. He's doing his part. Won't you do yours? Stop by and say hello if you're in the greater Des Moines area. Alfred's World of Trousers. We're going to start off with one of the titans of progressive rock and roll, Genesis. Everybody knows them. This is Genesis with Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins on drums. Hard to believe, but he was an awesome drummer. He's in a wheelchair now. God bless him. This is from their best album, Selling England by the Pound, 1974. This is The Cinema Show.
Romeo locks his basement flat and scurries up the stair with head held high and floral tie a weekend millionaire I will make my bed with her tonight night 